Amen. Please be seated. Well, we're going to have our hearts blessed at this time. Madison Sexton is going to come and, and sing for us. She sang a couple times for us uh, before. And Madison, thank you for coming and sharing your talents with us this morning. Thank you.
folks. That spoke to you like it did to me. What a blessing. Thank you, Madison. Mm. Well, I don't typically do this, read just one verse, but we're going to do that today. We'll start a series that's been on my heart this week from the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Maybe not a book that you read often, but um, chapter 13 really spoke to me um, this week. I want to look at probably three, maybe four messages from that chapter. Series entitled, A Believer's Behavior. A Believer's Behavior. Today, in relation to others. In relation to others. Thank you for the children's message this morning, Joe. And perfect fit right in with what we'll talk about today. <clears throat> I couldn't help but think, what if blessings do come as raindrops? Well, it would be good to have some brotherly love, wouldn't it? A believer's behavior. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 1. Well, the NIV says it this way, Let brotherly love continue. Can we remember that verse? Let brotherly love continue. Continue. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, you've just memorized the verse. Four words. Let brotherly love continue. That, my friend, is the Word of God. And God, as we bow before you today, we do thank you for your Word. Lord, it's powerful, sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, it's alive, it's active. So today as we look at these four words along with several other verses, I pray, O oh God, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord God, that you would remind us of the importance of loving people. In what we see all around us, a very unloving world. So show us now, right now, O oh God, what it is you want us to learn. We pray in your name. Amen. The world, said Alexander McLaurin, takes its notion of God, most of all, from those who say they belong to God's family. They read us a great deal more than they read the Bible. They see us, they only hear about Jesus Christ, end of quote. As I read that quote this week, a verse of Scripture from the Sermon on the Mount in, in chapter 5 of Matthew came to my mind, and it was verse 16, and I couldn't help to think, but that is a challenge to each of us today, and it reads this way, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can you say with me, let brotherly love continue? Say that with me. Let brotherly love continue. The key word there is continue. I want you to look at that word continue. Because that indicates that, there, that love already existed. 
It, it was already there. So brotherly love, the way I see it and the way I think Scripture explains it to us today, is ought to be a natural outflow of our life if we are Christians today. And as I thought about, and with that this week, and with that in mind, brotherly love, think about it now, brotherly love cannot be generated. It says, let it continue. It cannot be generated, but it can be stifled, and it also can be nurtured. Did you get that? It can be stifled, it can be nurtured. Let brotherly love continue. Now think about your day of salvation. Think about the day that you were, were saved. When a person is saved, he or she is drawn to a fellowship with other believers. I get saved, now I want to be a part of the fellowship. I want to be a part of other believers. I want to be here for encouragement and to be uplifted. Unfortunately... The flip side, unfortunately, that attitude, that of brotherly love, may change. But here's how it changes. The only way that brotherly love changes is that it is stifled. And can I ask this? Who stifles it? Who puts it out? Does God put it out? God doesn't put it out. We put it out. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by what? By the Holy Spirit, by whom? The Holy Spirit, who was given to us the day that we were saved. So let's answer some questions this morning, or let's answer this question with three different answers. You have them there on your handout. Hopefully you can look, you, you'll look at those and fill in some blanks with me this morning. So under God's leading, <clears throat> let's answer this question. Why is brotherly love important? Everybody say, I preach, I've heard that all my life. I mean, do we really have to spend a Sunday morning talking about brotherly love? Yes, because it's very, very important. First, brotherly love is, is important because it reveals to the world, those outside the family of God, those all around us, that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it reveals, that we belong to Him, to Christ. Okay, sports fans, those of us who love sports, we have no trouble at all telling, revealing to the world who we are rooting for. Around here, it's mostly South Carolina. Very few Clemson people. I'm in the minority. My mom reminds me of that all the time. It drives me nuts, I must say. We... We, we, we put flags on our car. We put decals on our windows. We may have our flags flying from our porches at home. I know some people who paint Clemson Tiger Paws in their yard. There's one right down the, down the road here on the left. I'm not going to mention one right up from my house. I, of course, I like it, Miss Anderson. I like that. Boy, I put them on the spot then. I like that. Okay, but we go to the great extremes... Uh, Trying to reveal who we pull for. But what about when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we that intentional? What about when it comes to loving people? Are we that intentional? Jesus said in John 13, 34, 35, A new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, listen to this, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I read that and I began to think about that. You know, I, I believe within my heart that God is telling us in those verses that He wants the world, those outside of the fellowship, He's given them the right, those people who are not Christians, to evaluate those of us who are believers on the basis of our love one for another. So can people tell that we love people? Can people tell that we're truly uh, reaching out to people and care about people? As a witness to the world, as a testimony to our Lord, it is of utmost importance that Philippians 2, 3, and 4 characterize our life. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not out for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. <clears throat> Have you ever thought about if that verse were real in our life? If we really demonstrated that in our life, you know what? We wouldn't have to say a word. Because our life, our lifestyle would reflect it. Secondly, this morning, brotherly love is important because it reveals our true identity. It reveals who we really are. And notice I got you to fill in true there. Oh yeah, we can, people can identify us, yes. But can they truly identify who we are? Brotherly love. Think about it. It gives an added dimension to our spiritual life. That life that we have in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. How about proof of one's salvation? Now I have, have people told, tell me before, Preacher, you really can't know if you're saved or not. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be walking around on this earth not knowing whether or not if I drop dead where I'm going to spend eternity. We can know. Scripture tells us we can know where we'll spend eternity when we leave this place. But proof of our salvation can be found in the very attitude of our heart if we have love one for another. I didn't say that's what saved us. I said that's a direct result of our salvation experience. If we wonder about our salvation, if there's some question, if there's some doubt, I think three questions we ought to consider. Do I have a great concern for the welfare of other Christians? Do I enjoy their fellowship? Do I show them that I am concerned about them and I want to minister to their needs? Did you answer yes to those questions? I hope and I pray that you did because if we did, then that's evidence that we are a child of God because we have love one for another. And then thirdly, brotherly love is important because it delights God. It delights God. When my dad was living, it did my heart good 
to make him proud. And, and when I did that, this is what it did for him. It brought him delight. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. And now that I'm a parent and not to mention a grandparent, nothing made me happier over the years than for my daughter and my son just to get along with each other. I didn't think we'd ever get through that, Joe. So you got you and Faith got a lot to look forward to. I didn't think we'd ever get past that. Can you just get along? It don't really bother me what y'all do, but it bothers me how it affects your mother. And if your mother's mad, then everybody's mad. And I don't care if y'all don't like each other. I want me and my relationship to be what it ought to be with my wife. So please get along. <clears throat> I'm reminded of Psalm 133.1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. May we be reminded this morning that two things happen when we as believers care for each other. When, when we as believers help each other and live in harmony with each other, God is delighted and God is glorified. I can't think of anything better that, than, to, than to delight God and to bring glory to Him. So is the picture coming a little clearer to you? I hope it is. As we, as we look at this brotherly love and how it's built on a deep, continual concern and, and is, is characterized by, by practical commitment, 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? That's what... Mr. Joe was talking about earlier to our young people. And as I read that this week, that verse shouted out to me. It said, how in the world can we as believers refuse to help someone else, especially someone who is of the faith, and we don't do it? And that spoke to me and it said, guess what? If we don't, then I really don't love them. And that puts pressure on us, folks. That put pressure on me when I read and studied that this week. So if we really don't love them, how can the love of God be in our hearts? So can I take it a step further? If God's love is not in our heart, chances are, chances are, we don't belong to Him. 1 John three eighteen nineteen 19, finishing... Uh, Connecting with verse 17. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Let brotherly love, here's the word, continue. But on the flip side of that is lovelessness. Did you get that? Lovelessness. And I think it's fair for us to say this morning that the cause of lovelessness is a three-letter word we call sin. S-I-N. Remember, Jesus predicted, the very, he predicted this. Listen, Matthew 24, 12, he said, Jesus speaking, And because lawlessness or lovelessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 
Nothing cools love as fast as sin, especially that of selfless, selfish pride. 1 Peter 5, 5. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Think about it. Self-control, brotherly love are as contradictory as light and darkness. In church, love can only grow in the garden of humility. Let me, let me close with this. Maybe a verse you've never read in all your life, but I want to show it to you. Proverbs 30, verse 15. Proverbs 30, verse 15. And I want to look at a very unusual graphic illustration. And here I believe the writer is describing the true nature of self. Remember, we live in a selfish society. Listen to what this verse says. The leech, L-E-E-C-H, the leech has two daughters. Give and give. Now picture the leech with, with me, okay? You, you know what that looks like. A, a, a repulsive, nasty-looking creature that, that does what? Sucks the blood out of its victim. I was reading about leeches. It said that leeches will go so far that they're so greedy that they will gorge themselves to the point that they explode. <clears throat> I thought about that from the spiritual side. I said, you know, we can, we, can, we can draw this together with a spiritual teaching here. Whereas the leech and its two daughters, here, here are the two daughters, self-righteousness and self-pity. Now, do we fit that description sometime? Self-righteous and self-pity. Never satisfied. The enemy of everything around. Sometimes our worst enemy Because, listen, church, self-love <clears throat> self can never satisfy. Self-love can never truly be satisfied because it perverts. It must die if brotherly love is to continue. In our text said, let brotherly love continue. Pride, self-love are fatal to brotherly love. Look at the greatest example of all time. God's very own son. He came. Did he come to be ministered to or to minister? He didn't come for us to, to be ministered to. He came to minister, did he not? He came to minister to us. He came to this earth to do not his will, but what did he say? God, your will be done. Church, who had more reason to be proud than Jesus? But what did he say? Matthew eleven twenty nine. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I wonder today if we could look inside of our very own heart, would it look like the heart of Jesus? And the poem goes this way. 
I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eye is a better pupil, more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but example is always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see a good, a good put in action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn how to do it if you will let me see it done. I can watch your hand in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stands behind, just to see if he can help him, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all travelers can witness that the best of God's today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many. Men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness noted is worth forty that are told. Who stands with men of honor learns to hold his honor dear. For right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker charms me with the eloquence I say, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the message. Thank you for the challenge. And God, may we let brotherly love continue. I pray in your name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication.